0: as a SWAT Bible worker, and now I have the privilege to be back here for a little bit longer as a cross trainer, and it's a high calling, it's a privilege, and I just want to thank the church family for having me back, and for, um, I know I've already met many of you, but for those who don't know me, I'm Heidi Maiakawa And I thought I'd like to take this time, um, just a couple minutes to briefly introduce myself. Because although maybe my face may be familiar, maybe you don't know me as well. So I was born, um, privileged to be born, into a very loving Adventist family. Um, I was actually born in Japan. Um, We moved back to the States when I was six years old. Um, And ever since I was little, I remember just really loving God, enjoying church, enjoying Sabbath school. One time I remember I was at my grandma's house and I blocked the doorway and I was probably like three or four and I said, what's the secret password? And the secret password for that day happened to be, with God all things are possible. And that happened to be the Bible verse, uh, the memory verse from Sabbath school that week. Um, however, as I grew older, I began to just question, um, why am I a Christian or why am I an Adventist? Um, I remember just, you know, you start noticing things when you get a little older. I'm like, hmm, I see, I guess in my head, I started comparing the Christians that I knew versus the non-Christians that I knew. And some things didn't match up sometimes. I thought, Why? does it seem like sometimes the non-Christians seem almost happier than the Christians? Um, Thankfully, my questions were answered, and through the example of a Bible worker at my church, I learned what a real Christian should look like. And also, through some uh, evangelistic seminars, I realized why I was Adventist. And since then, um, my relationship with God took a more personal turn. Um, It became something um, that I loved and cherished, and it was my first priority. And I began to feel God calling me to serve him with my life, whatever I may end up doing. And at that point, I felt like I could conquer the world. It was like me and God and everything is possible. And... The ironic thing is, however, God did give me many opportunities to serve him since then, or at least be trained to serve him more. Um, for example, um, he gave me the privilege of going on many mission trips, or several mission trips, I should say. Um, Couple to Japan, I went with my senior class trip to Honduras on a mission trip. Um, awesome experiences. I also had the privilege of being involved with the music ministry with Fountain View Academy for the last two years of my high school experience. And my summers were spent canvassing or as a co porter or literature evangelist, um, taking Christian books uh, door to door. And for the past two years, I've had the privilege of attending Souls West, which stands for Seventh-day Adventist Outreach Leadership School down in Arizona. Um, so God has given me many opportunities to draw even closer to him and continue to serve him. However, the ironic thing is, the more that I serve him, the more inadequate and less qualified I feel. Um, back then, I know I mentioned, you know, it was gu- I was gung-ho about everything. God and me, anything's possible. Now, sometimes it's like, okay, God, here I am. I'm trembling, but use me. And we will see why in just a second, Um, but before we dive into the word, imagine with me that you are on your lunch break at work or at school, and you're super hungry, and you're just about to dive into your avocado sandwich. That's one of my favorite kind of sandwiches. There's avocados, tons of veggies, and then your phone rings. If you're like me, you're going to be tempted to put the phone aside and say, okay, I'm not going to answer it right now. It's my lunch break. I got to eat. But then you notice it says Washington, D.C. And you're thinking, hmm, who could be calling me from Washington, D.C.? I know nobody from Washington, D.C. And you think it's probably a telemarketer. But at the same time, you're curious. So you answer the phone. Hello? And the voice on the other line surprises you, says, Hi, Heidi, or fill in your name. This is the secretary of President Obama, and he's asking you to come to Washington DC for a special mission. we've arranged your flight. You can fly out on Monday morning, and we'll meet you here at the Capitol. What would you think? If that happened to me, I would, my mind would be bursting with questions. I'd be like, well, first of all, what does the president have to do with me? What makes me so qualified that I'm, I have a special mission at the Capitol? But today we're going to learn. We're going to see how someone even higher ranking than the president of the United States has called each and every one of us to a special mission. Um, Let's turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is in the New Testament. After the Gospels, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26 and as i mentioned the longer i serve him the more and more i realize that this verse is reality it says for you see your calling brethren how that not many wise men after the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but god has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and god has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world, and the things which are despised, has God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Why? Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. So today we're going to explore um, three instances where God calls the most unexpected people or at the most unexpected times. First of all, God calls the inexperienced. God calls those who are inexperienced. Second, God calls the sinners. And thirdly, God calls those who feel like they have failed, maybe even in serving him in the past. We're going to explore, we're going to take a look at two individuals in the Bible. Turn with me to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is right after Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, then Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4 two individuals that had an unexpected call from God. Or perhaps it was more expected, but they still felt unexpected. All right, in verse four, Jeremiah chapter one, verse four, it says, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Now this verse is one of my favorite verses because every time I read it, I get very excited. Uh, It blows my mind to think that before we were even created, God had a purpose and a plan. Before you were even born, God had a plan for you. He had a plan for you to glorify him. But listen to Jeremiah's response. It's not what you think, it's not, he's not very thrilled that God has called him, even since before he was born. In verse 6 it says, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. I know I've said that many times. God, I can't speak. No, don't make me do that. I'm but a child. And you may be feeling like that this morning. I'm but a child. Either because you are young, or because you feel inexperienced as a Christian, or whatever the case. I know for myself, um, no matter how many seminars I attended on how to give a Bible study, things like that, uh, for a long time, I still felt inexperienced and inadequate, and I refused to do anything. I would go along with people, but I, I would not let God use me in that way. Um, however, and perhaps you're feeling that way as well. Um, maybe you feel that way, those, the deacons and the elders that just got um, ordained. Perhaps you're asking yourself, what am I getting myself into? Um, or perhaps this is your ex- objection when you feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to share Jesus with someone. I cannot speak. I'm inexperienced. But listen to the promise in verse 7. Jeremiah 1 verse 7 says, But the Lord said unto me, Say not that I am a child, for you shall go to all that I shall send you, and whatsoever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Now, if anything, this sermon is speaking straight at me. Um, I should, yeah, even while I was preparing it, I was like, God, yes, put your words in my mouth this morning. Um, the next time you feel impressed to go and talk to someone and hand them that glow, remember, God has placed his words in your mouth. The next time, maybe Pastor Godfrey or Anita asks you, share your testimony about glow or anything else up front. God has already put your, his words in your mouth. The next time you're asked to give a Bible study, you know, you may be shaking, but remember, God has placed your words, his words, in your mouth. On the flip side, when you feel experienced, when we feel confident, are we still letting God place his words in our mouth? So we see that God calls the inexperienced. He is calling us to trust him, to trust that he's the one that will place his words in our mouth. Now let's flip one book over to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6 and we're going to explore another individual who is called by God. Isaiah chapter 6. And it's fitting because the first couple verses it describes Isaiah and how he's actually seeing God in his throne room in heaven, and he sees the angels crying, holy, 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 just like we sang this morning. Um, But before God can even make the call, the objection is right there in your face. Verse 5, Isaiah 6 verse 5, it says, then said I, woe is me, For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I am undone. I am unclean. Um, I've often felt this way as well. Lord, why are you wanting to use me, a sinner? I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to give, and yet God calls the sinners. Turn with me. Keep your hand in Isaiah, but let's go over to Luke, the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament. Luke chapter 5 and verse 32. And listen to whom Jesus calls. Luke 5 and verse 32. Who does Jesus call? Actually, let's go ahead and start in verse 31. Jesus answered and said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We may tell God, God, look at my past. How could you ever use me? Or I still feel guilty. How could you ever use me? But that is the very prerequisite to being used by God, is being a sinner. And in the process, he calls us to righteousness. Um, Let's turn back to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. So Isaiah gives the objection, I'm unclean, I'm undone, I'm a sinner, how could you ever use me? In verse 6. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. So praise God, he doesn't leave us in our sinful condition. That sinfulness is the prerequisite to be used by God, and yet He cleanses us from the sinfulness. And then he gives the call. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. So perhaps this morning you feel unworthy to be used by God. Maybe you even felt unworthy to come to church but that is the very thing that qualifies you, to be used by him. And he promises to cleanse us, and all he's waiting is for us to respond to that call. So we may feel inadequate and unworthy, and yet, that is the very qualification that God is looking for. And finally, so Isaiah, in chapter six, we see how he responds to God's call. Here I am, Lord, send me. And he's being used by God And yet, even as he's being used by God, he comes to another objection. Turn with me a couple chapters over to Isaiah 49. Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah chapter 49, beginning with verse 1. So Isaiah is being used by God. He is fulfilling the mission God has given him. And in verse 1, it says, Isaiah 49, verse 1, Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken ye people from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother has he made mention of my name. Who does this sound like? It sounds like Jeremiah, right? Isaiah recognized as well that he was called by God from even before he was born. And then in verse 2 And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand has he hid me, and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver has he hid me. At this point, Isaiah has had an experience with God, an intimate experience of God. He's experienced what it means to hide in, under the wings of the Almighty. He experienced a personal, deep connection to God. And he's even been trained by God. He's been equipped. God has made his mouth like a sharp sword, like a polished polished shaft or arrow. So he's not a newbie at this anymore. He's experienced. And yet, and he recognizes God's call. In verse 3, it says, And said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. And then, yet, yeah, listen to what he says in verse 4. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. What an objection! He's experienced God, and he's experienced God use him. And yet, he says, It's all been in vain. I know I've felt that way sometimes. Sometimes I'll be knocking on doors for several hours and nothing happens. Lord, I've been laboring in vain. Or I'm trying to study the Bible with someone and you know it's going good a couple weeks and then they say, sorry, not interested anymore. Lord, I have labored in vain. Or perhaps we invite our friends, our family, neighbors to the seminars and they politely say, no thank you. I've labored in vain, Lord. Perhaps we finally muster up the courage to actually physically hand someone a glow. And then they say, no thank you. Lord, I've labored in vain. What is going on? Or perhaps we've prayed long and hard for our family or loved ones, and they just seem to go further and further from him. Lord, I've labored in vain. But yet, Isaiah still has some hope. The last part of verse 4 says, Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord, and my work with my God. Even in it, he chooses to trust God, and God gives him a wonderful promise in verse 5. And now, says the Lord, that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him, Though Israel be not gathered, and that was his whole purpose, by the way, to bring Israel back to God. That was Isaiah's mission. Though that mission is not fulfilled, though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said, it is a light thing, or a small thing, that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give you for a light to the Gentiles that you may be my salvation unto the end of the earth. So even though Isaiah's mission, as he sees it in his eyes, is not fulfilled, God actually has a bigger plan um, to use him and for, God, for his own glory. Um, one of my teachers at Souls West um, the first evangelistic series he ever conducted. He was very earnest, and he was praying for 100 baptisms. Now, that's a pretty big goal, but he was confident that God could do anything, and he prayed long and hard for it. He prepared hard for it, and he finally gave the evangelistic meetings. And at the end of the seminar, guess how many people got baptized? Zero. Zero zero people, no baptisms. And he was crushed. He felt like a failure. But several years later, I can't remember if it was like five years later or 10 years later, he goes back to visit the church that he did those meetings in. And it turns out that every single person that attended those meetings, there there were people that came from the community every single person that came from the community over the course of time had been baptized and were still actively serving in that local church. And so we never know. We may feel like we are a failure, but God is still working behind the scenes. We never know. What we think is failure is not failure. Let's turn to our last verse in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. This verse is one of my favorite verses. I memorized it with my, with my high school during one of our week of prayers, and it has encouraged me many times. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So no matter how successful or unsuccessful we seem, no matter how much we feel like giving up, our labor in the Lord is not in vain. So we've seen today how God calls us when we are inexperienced. He calls us when we feel sinful. And finally, he calls us even when we feel like we have failed or have felt like giving up and serving him. And he calls us at those moments so that he can be glorified and so we can grow. Now, is it clear that God is calling each and every one of us to be serve him, and to share him with others, despite our lack of experience, despite our lack of holiness, or despite our lack of previous success. God is calling each one of us. How many of you believe that God is calling you specifically to serve him and to share him with other people? Amen. You know, every single day, God actually calls us in big ways and little ways. Um, It may be something as little as, come, spend some time with me today. Or it may be, come, take time for your family today. Or come, share, share me with your coworker or your classmate. God calls each and every one of us every day. Or it may be something bigger, something that will change the course of our lives. God is calling each and every one of us. And responding to that call ultimately leads us to salvation. It leads others to salvation, and it could even mean our very own as well. Now, you wouldn't want to disregard that call from the president of the universe, would you? I know I wouldn't. Um, How many of you want to decide with me to respond to that call, no matter how unexpected, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us feel, because we know that it's for our greater good. Amen. Let's end with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for calling us, even though we may be inexperienced, even though we may feel sinful, even though we may feel like we have failed you are calling us closer to you calling us to serve you and love you even more and i pray that we would respond to that call that we would not let any objection keep us from responding to that call lord here we are send us is our prayer today in jesus precious and holy name amen